Hello world, it's your host John Roper on yet another episode of Roped In. Thank you again for coming out. Today marks episode number 13 and it's a big and exciting one because my dad is on today's episode. Um, he's going to be on all three segments. Um, the first segment, we are both big soccer fans, so we're going to be recapping what we think so far of the beginning of the English Premier League. Uh, we're also both huge Miami Heat fans. As I've mentioned, I'm a huge Miami Heat fan. My dad is as well. That's where I get it from. We're going to be talking about the offseason we've had so far, whether we think it's good or bad. And finally, keep in mind, we recorded this on Tuesday, right before all the games started. But we are giving our predictions to the Major League postseason. Again, when the segment comes up, remember... Yes, it's Sunday now or whenever you're listening to this and the postseason has already started and some of the series that we've predicted have already happened, but we recorded this prior to it. Um, so again, yep, yeah, I hope you enjoy the the podcast coming up. Um, yeah, I don't have much more else to say. It's uh, Sunday football. I'm currently watching the Eagles lose to the Rams, so I'm hoping that turns around. Um, but again, without further ado, here's today's episode, and I hope you enjoyed um, meeting my dad. So we're here with the first segment of today's episode, and it's going to be recapping a bit of the English Premier League soccer. Um, but the biggest exciting news that I have so far is I'm joined by my father, who's a big Brighton and Hove Albion fan. So say hi, Dad, and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Brian, John's dad. I'm very proud. He gets his love for sport, honestly, from me. There isn't a sport that I wouldn't watch. Um, I found myself even watching curling last night. And if you can watch curling, you can watch anything. So it really is a pleasure to be with John today. And I look forward to discussing his topics. And thank you all for listening. Yes, this is... uh... Much overdue, and no, he's completely right. I get my love of sports for him. My mom is a huge sports fan too, but no, just like my father, we love anything that is a sport. Um, but yeah, either way, we're going to be talking about the Premier League, which both of us are huge fans of. Uh, kind of just giving our kind of take on what's happened so far and what I guess we think could happen. And I guess I'll start it off because a few episodes ago, I had a very bold prediction that my Blues are going to finish third in the Premier League. And having seen what I've seen so far, I, I, I'm not I'm not too convinced anymore, Dad. I, I, I mean, I know you're not a Chelsea fan, but I mean, it's been pretty sad to see what they're going through this year. Yeah, that's true. I I, I too am I'm um, not a Chelsea fan, but I'm seeing signs that they're waking up, John. Yeah, they're you know only seven games in this season, and they're probably ten points out of being in the top four. So, you know, you have 31 games left and uh, your your coach, you know, Patricino is good. So it's just a matter of finding out who is best 11 or 12 are. They don't have the distraction of Europe to worry about this year. Um, and I, I actually can see them finishing in the top six, if not a little bit higher than that. I mean, they had a great performance yesterday. They got a goal out of Mudrick, which is his first ever. And that's obviously going to give him confidence. So I'm not the doomsayer you are about Chelsea. I, I you know, they're they're they they will do better. And I see as the season goes along, where everybody else um, begins to 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 have football fatigue, they won't have that. 
Yes, I mean, that is true. They don't have the Europe competition. I mean, I'm always hopeful, and I, I think they have the talent. I think it's just a mixture of a bunch of people that haven't played with each other. They're still young and inexperienced. Pochettino's only been with them a few months. I do think give it time, they're going to get there. I think their best player that they got out of everything, uh, Christopher and Cuckoo, hasn't even shown himself too much yet. So I, I agree. I mean, I think Chelsea can turn it around, but it's going to be a big stretch to get into those Champion League spots because... I mean, the top four of the Premier League are are really showing why they're the top four. Um, yeah, I mean, Brighton was in the top four for a while. Um, again, as I said, guys, Dad's a huge Brighton fan. Uh, they dropped out because I think they lost the last game, correct? Um, lost the understatement. I think we got beaten 6-1. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm ex I'm not expecting Brighton to be in the top four. Um, one has to remember it's a small club, it's a young club, and Chelsea starters yesterday, there were four Brighton players who were there a year ago. So we, we thank the, the, the bank account of Chelsea for keeping us a profitable club. We have a very young club. And I see Brighton actually, you know, at best they're probably going to finish eight, nine, ten somewhere. They have a lot of football. They, they're not used to playing football every three days. They have a very young team, um, and it's a it's a matter of finding out which team does best where. They're out of one of the competitions. They're out of the Carabao Cup, so it's just the FA Cup, Europe, and the Premier League for Brighton. So they're going to be able to focus a little bit more there. But yeah, those four top teams, City, you know, City are just absolutely amazing. I actually yeah. don't see them winning the league this year. They they have a lot of football. They're a year older. They're beginning to get some injuries. They have two or three guys that are out right now. And I, I think, obviously, they'll, they'll win something. But I, I don't believe that the Premier League is, is theirs for the taking, for sure. Um, our Australian coach down at Tottenham, he's, he's surprising me. Maybe the, all that team needed to do was get rid of Harry Kane and everybody <laughs> else learns to I, score, I, you know? Yeah, no, it's Spurs have actually been interesting to watch. It's, I think Spurs my least favorite team in the Premier League, and I don't know why, but I always hate the Spurs. But yeah, now that they've lost Harry Kane, it's it's surprising to see how they turned around. Um, for, for a while there, even Bayern Munich wasn't scoring and getting many things, and I thought it was a Harry Kane curse. Um, but no, watching the Spurs play, one of my favorite players on the Spurs, which is now getting to sh really showcase his talent, is Hyungmin Sun. Who, I mean, if you are a soccer fan, you're going to know the name. But, I mean, I wouldn't say casuals know the name either. But it's he's really showing his world-class ability. And I also like their right winger, um, Kula, Kulisevsky. Uh, Kulisevsky got two good, yeah, two good attacking guys on the wing. And the Spurs are, are really showing that it could be a battle. But, I don't know. I, I still think Man City is going to win the entire thing. Um, but I agree. The Spurs are going to make it close. Even Liverpool's looking tough. And you can't count on Arsenal either. Or, I mean, your favorite guy, their son, I think they made a great move. They've made him the captain. He's the leader of the team now. And he's going to get 20 to 25 goals this year. No doubt about that. So I think they're excellent. Liverpool, you know, they have so much depth. And they have one of the, the greater coaches in Klopp. If he isn't pulling away to go and manage Germany, which I suspect he won't be, Um and, you know, I, I don't think they're going to lose anybody in the January window. They they have Diaz, Jota, Nunes, Salah, 
get Cole. My gosh, that's that's five guys that any other team would want as their starter. So they're going to score goals. Um, they're getting a little old at the back. Um, Van Dijk isn't what he used to be. But Allison and I think Arnold is going to have a great year as well. So I, I see Liverpool doing well. But the team that I think is going to challenge City the closest is Arsenal. They they have probably, uh, arguably, the deepest squad. They they have Arteta, who just somehow knows how to move his players around from game to game. So I, I think he is 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 definitely going to be the team, like like last year, who, who challenged City. Yeah, I mean, you are right. Arsenal have always been a good one to watch. Um I think I had Liverpool finishing outside of the top four in my predictions earlier. And and as you were saying earlier, Klopp, Klopp's proven me wrong. He's kind of giving a Liverpool 2.0 where he used to have Mo Salah and um, Sadio Mane. Now he's just upgraded for younger people to do the same thing. Um, so the top of the league is, is going to be an exciting one to watch. But even down at the bottom of the league, I was a little surprised. I, I didn't have much fate in Luton Town. They were a very small team. I didn't think they were going to do it, but... I actually think Sheffield is easily looking like the worst team in the Premier League. I mean, they lost 8-0 to Newcastle the other day. Uh, I think it was a record for the only game ever with eight different scorers in there. Um, if I'm correct, I'm going to look right now. They're very bottom of the league. Uh, haven't even won a game. Sheffield is is not looking good at all. Um, to be honest, neither is Burnley. No, neither. You know, there's still those four at the bottom. I mean... You'll always Everton just they they'll be there, but they'll survive. They're too big a club. I think James Tarkowski is going to keep Everton up. Yeah, and they've they've got some new money there, and that that that's fine. But of of Luton, Bournemouth, Burnley, and Sheffield, that's you know there's a big game today with Luton. I mean it it's a big game on 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 Tuesday, so Luton will be playing Burnley today. Um, in, in front of 12,000 people at the Hawthorne. So that, that could be an interesting watch as such. But, you know, I'm not the team that I've all, always thought very highly of and I think has a chance of being in the top four is Aston Villa. Emery is a great tactician. They have a, 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 a very deep, deep and, and defense, which is going to keep them in the league. And th- they and West Ham, I think, are, are going to be fighting up at the top six. You know, it, it's hard to say. Newcastle last year were a top four. I don't want to call them a flash in the pan, but I, I don't think they've got, now that they're in Europe and they have all of this football, I'm not sure that Eddie Howe is going to be able to to, to keep them in the, in the top four. I think at best he's going to get into Europa. And you can't forget West Ham. They won in Europe last year. Good team. Yeah, no, I agree. West Ham's one that, I can't say I know a crazy amount, but I do know every time I watch them, they they put together a good squad. But Aston Villa is is one of those teams that I also really like. Uh, I've been, I can't say following them, but they have that big Jamaican star, Leon Bailey. And ever since he joined the team, I have been kind of seeing what Aston Villa is doing. They also signed the Belgian midfielder, Yuri Tielemans, who I really like. So, I mean, Aston Villa is putting together a good team that I, I do think will finish fifth at the end of it all and earn that European spot that they they need. Um, West Ham again. They're they're going to be a competitive one. That I actually think Brighton will finish above them. I I have a lot of faith in the Brighton and their young depth, uh, a lot of fit young players. But I agree that Aston Villa will sneak above those two teams. Yeah, and you know West Ham centre forward is a Jamaican as well. You wonder 
you know, of, of the Jamaican starting 11, eight of them play in the Premier League. So if we could just practice a little bit more, who can tell what Jamaica would do at the next World Cup? It's, it's in our zone, and I'm sure we can talk about that over the next four years. No, that's definitely going to be a topic because I, I really think Jamaica has the depth. I think some of these younger English players that have the ties to Jamaica that that probably know they can't make the English squad are starting to come over, and it's it's exciting to see where Jamaica's going, but that's a future segment. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing that I – well, I shouldn't say the last thing, but one of the other things is you didn't have Man City winning. I actually think Man City could even pull off a quadruple this year. They have that much of a depth. I think they could actually win – all four cups that they're in, uh, I, I I just don't see it. I mean, they they just you know Stones is hurt right now. Um, yeah, they they got a couple of people, but they're playing a lot of football. They're 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 hurting. I mean, even Pep said the other day that he had a lot of injuries. But yeah, he has depth. He has players that we don't even know who their names are. A topic I'd like to throw into the English Premier League, John, is to learn what you think about VAR. It's getting it's getting a lot of publicity and not necessarily good publicity. VAR is one where I I, I like the idea of it. Um, it sucks when it goes against your team, um, but I, I think it it needs practice and refining to it. I don't know. It's 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 definitely a tough one. I think it slows down the nature of the play. But one of the things that I do like is it it really separates it and it, it takes out the human error out of a win. And I mean, as we all know with things, refs can't necessarily be biased, but bad calls have won and lost games before. That I like the idea of VAR. It's just the execution of how it's working right now. I don't know if I'm too sold on. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's good to have it. But maybe like in the NFL... Allow each coach a red flag. If if VAR makes a decision that they wish to question and have more looks at, throw the red flag out there. And I mean, if they lose the challenge, they lose the red flag. If not, they'll either win a no goal or or have a goal. You know, it's no. Yeah, that's a very very good point, and, and you're completely right. That's that's a great way that I would rather see it go. It's even one of the things where not to switch can go completely off topic. I hope that the MLB and baseball implements that. I think the minor league is doing that now where batters can can challenge a ball or a strike. So I agree. If if it's one where you think it's a game-deciding one, you want to throw that challenge, throw it. And, I mean, if it's successful, you get the challenge again. If it's not successful, maybe you have one or two tries a game or one try a half. Um, but I do agree that that's a good way to do it. You know, I, I Brighton last year lost points on, on two VARs that – the next morning, they call and apologize for their mistake. But that doesn't give you the points. Right? I yes. mean, if they're clearly wrong the next day, uh, they're going to have to take away points and add points, which you can't do, obviously. So I, I think that they still can refine that for next year. It's a great addition to sport. It takes away human error. But the guys in the truck, as they say, uh, they can be given a little bit more technology. They never, they never had one question in the World Cup for women their technology seems to be way advanced to what VAR are using now. So let's see what happens there. But it's an exciting season. Manchester United, they just continue to disappoint. They they have not had a good off-season in purchases. They 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 have back office turmoil. They don't know. The owner doesn't know what he wants to do. The owner seems to want to win with Tampa Bay more than he does with United. They've been <laughs> trying to sell it. 
Um, there must be confusion at the club. I mean, confusion starts at the top and excellence starts at the top. And I think at the very top of United is where their big problem is. And no matter how much money they spend, unless they get good leadership from owners and, and chairman and what have you, I think United, um, just, they'll, they'll win some big games, but they'll, they'll lose a game against Luton or Wolves or Fulham or somewhere along the line as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I I can't say I'm happy when Manchester United loses. It sounds bad to root against somebody like that, but I don't know. It's It brings me some small joy that Chelsea's not the only one of those big squads that can't figure it out right now. But in, in January, I mean, watching more Chelsea than anything else, just some, some transfer targets I'd want them to go for, is definitely a better goalkeeper. Uh, one of the guys that I think was in some transfer rumors but hasn't really left yet is the Portuguese starting goalie, who granted plays for a Portuguese squad, so I don't know if he's going to go. He plays for Porto. Um, but I think Chelsea could be able to lure him away with big money. Granted, doesn't have the European competition, but I think if Chelsea could go after a, a solid goalkeeper and, I don't know, we still need somebody up at the front that can put the ball in the net because we had one goal in September. Um, yeah. would be some transfer targets I want to see Chelsea go for. You know, Robert Sanchez was a Brighton player. He fell out with the Zerbi. But one has to remember, a year ago this time, he was in the Spanish squad ahead of David De Gea. He was the number three goalkeeper for Spain. He, the guy that has put him on the map is Ben Roberts. Ben Roberts is the goalkeeping coach at Chelsea right now. Who knows? They may rebuild his confidence. You, you, you can't play for Spain over De Gea and not be considered to be... One great guy. He fell out. His style fell out. He and Deserve didn't seem to, to click. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure you need a goalkeeper. I just think you need to give Sanchez confidence. He, he, he you know, he kept a clean sheet this week and two, two or three more of those. Um, and, and boy, does he have experience ahead of him in Thiago Silva and all That's of those true. people. So I actually think Sanchez is your answer. Ben Roberts is a good coach. When Roberts was coaching him at Brighton before Potter stole Roberts away, you know, things look good. And I, I, I strongly believe that Sanchez is your answer. He's cost you some points this year already. But I, I, I'm i not sure you're going to get any better in the open market. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Time will tell. But I'm very excited to see how the rest of this league is, is going to go. It's a fun one that both you and I love to watch. That it is. That it is. The English Premier League. Um, I, I so look forward to it. I mean, even some of the lesser heralded games, I, I, I learned from them as well. The commentary in the English Premier League is outstanding. And, you know, anybody that does not understand football, you can watch it and understand what's happening because those commentators over in Europe are excellent. Yeah, no, 100%. But there you have it, folks. That's our, our take on what's happened so far and what will happen. So And here we are with the second segment of today's episode. My dad's still with me, and we are both huge Miami Heat fans. And having just quickly discussed, I think we're in a slight disagreeance on the Miami Heat's offseason so far. Um, I guess just to do a bit of a recap, Miami Heat drafted um, a fellow named Jaime Jaquez out of UCLA, who I didn't know much about, but I'll be honest, is really exciting to watch. Um, so I think they only had the one draft pick. In free agency, they lost a couple of their key players. Max Struess went to Cleveland. 
Gabe Vincent uh, went to the Lakers. Uh, Victor Oladipo has passed his prime, but he went to OKC. And I don't think they brought in much to compete against that. Josh Richardson's making a second appearance in Miami, and I do like Josh Richardson for the, the value they signed him at. Um, Thomas Bryant's the big man. They kept Kevin Love, but I think they've more lost pieces in hopes of signing one of the big guys or trading for a big guy that they haven't done. Um, but yeah, I, I think they've they've more gotten a little bit worse in my eyes right now. Yeah, you know, John, it, it's it, it's always great if you can get a big name. We know Miami for putting together Bosch, James, and Wade. But, you know, sometimes keeping the squad that you have. You know, Tyler Hero, and I have no doubts, he could have probably won it all last year if Hero hadn't broken his hand. He broke his hand in game one of the playoffs and just couldn't come back. You break your hand. And there no doubts would have lost Hero had they got Damian Lillard. He would have had to go because, you know, Portland wouldn't have given him up for nothing. They have probably next to the big Greek, the second best center in, in the NBA in Bam. Bam is going to be one year older next year. And Bam has got some backup. He's, you know, Nikolai Jovic from Serbia plays big. He's six foot ten. He he is he, he has been there. He will make a huge difference next year. Um, Caleb Martin was outstanding. Uh, you have some experience in Love and Laurie, who just just having them on the bench. I mean, they will do a lot of what Udanis has them used to do. But I think keeping keeping Hero was fantastic. I mean, even J- Jimmy Buckets has said he's thrilled that Hero is still there. Hero has a great sense of humor. He says, well, I'm here till they find somebody else. But Hero two years ago was the sixth man in the league. And he's had a couple of injuries. He's learning to play defense. Duncan Robinson was a star two years ago. Who knows what they can get out of him. So they've kept the core of their team. They brought back a couple of people. I think we're going to see a huge supply this year in this guard, Highsmith, who came on a bit in the playoffs last year when Hero got hurt. And I think we, we can't forget that Spo and Pat make a great front office team. And I, I actually, though they didn't bring in a big player, they have players that are a little bit wiser, a little bit older. I think you're going to have big years from Hero and Bam. And if we can just keep 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 injury-free, keep injury-free and get into the top eight, the Heat don't seem to think it matters whether you come first or eighth to get into the playoffs. Home court doesn't seem to mean a lot to them. They just want to get into the top eight. I actually, though they didn't sign any big names, I think they've had a good offseason. You know, losing Strauss, eh, Strauss had his hot games, had his bad games, um, and and he didn't start the whole year anyway. Gabe Vincent, I'm going to say it was a flash in the pan year for him. Um, And I think Highsmith will step up there. There's, There's always going to be Lowry. There's going to be Buckets. Um, Duncan Robinson will will all play in the front. I I I say that the rookie of the year is going to be Jamie Jacks. And if you have a rookie of the year, Caleb Mott, Hero, Bam, and Jimmy Buckets, hey guys, sorry, but Denver yeah, better watch. 
I think that Jaime Hacker's rookie of the year is a is a stretch. I think he's going to play very well, but to to say he's going to be rookie of the year, I I do think is a is a reach. I also love the Heat, but Bam Adebayo is the second best big man. Isn't quite there to me yet. Uh, obviously, you have Jokic, you have Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Adebayo is a top five. He's one of the better defenders, um, but I still wouldn't say it's what they're and. And whereas I absolutely love Tyler Hero, I think he's a great player. I think he can continue to be the sixth man of the year. He can win that again. Um, the the one trade where, as much as I love Tyler Hero, Damian Lillard is better than Tyler Hero. If, I, if we were able to do a Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, and a first, maybe two first-round picks for Damian Lillard, personally, I think Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo are enough to win out of the East and win the championship. I'm not upset that we kept Tyler Hero, don't get me wrong. I just think Damian Lillard is unquestionably better than Tyler Hero and is that point guard, that leader that they needed. I like Kyle Lowry. I don't like Kyle Lowry for $27 million. I like Duncan Robinson. I don't like Duncan Robinson for $18 million. So it's tough pieces to move. I also don't like Duncan Robinson's defense. Um, But at the end of the day, I do think that the Heat will – not be out of it. If they didn't make any other moves, they're still going to make it far into the playoffs. They might even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals because Spolstra and that hardworking Heat team know what they're doing. But I do think they missed out. Another of the trades that I I hope they stuck their name in for, but again, probably didn't have enough moves to give up and I wouldn't have given a Tyler Hero form, but is the one right after. So when Damian Little got traded, Drew Holiday moved out of Milwaukee. Drew Holiday is who I really wanted Miami to go for. I thought he would have fit in perfectly. A good defensive grinder, knows how to play offense. But I don't know if I would have given up Tyler Hero and a couple of draft picks for it. That one I might have done Duncan Robinson, Jovich, and some draft picks to get Drew Holiday because I, I do like his leadership. I do like his defense. I like the guy. I just hope he has a body or you know where he's going, don't you? Yes, he's going to Boston. And Boston scares me because they also picked up Chris Stapps. I hate Boston with a passion. Everybody's heard me say it on podcasts. Boo Boston. Boston sucks. But they've made the moves. And as much as I'm a huge Heat fan, realistically, it's the Bucks and the Celtics in the East that are that are the big contenders until I see differently. Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, Pat Riley can attract people in the middle of a year. He got Kevin Love last year in the middle of the season. He got Kyle Lowry. You know, there's that big bearded guy, Harden, who doesn't want to play with the 76ers. I don't, I don't want him to play in Miami. To get him. I don't want him to play in Miami. I don't think Harden's a championship winner. I mean, with the defense that Jimmy Butler has, maybe. But Harden's not one that's going to win you a championship. He's just going to give you a lot of scoring, a lot of problems, and then get knocked out in round one or two of the playoffs. Uh, um, I mean, other names at Miami. Pat Riley. Pat Riley ain't going to allow that. Right, and I don't think Harden's the the personality that's going to fit in with the Heat mentality and leadership. I mean, it made the joke with the fat suit and everything, but but Harden really is not. I don't think he's the worker and the Heat culture type player. I mean, everybody said it, even in podcasts that I like. There's a podcast that I listen to called Knuckleheads with Quinton Richardson and Darius Miles. Quinton Richardson used to be a Heat player, and he talks about nothing but the Heat culture. I don't think James Harden would have fit in with the Heat culture. But you are right. There are some names that I do think later on um, Pat Riley could go after. Uh, 
Donovan Mitchell's up there. He hasn't signed an extension with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I could see them potentially making a splash for Donovan Mitchell, who would be a huge one. If things go poorly, I mean, the Warriors now have about five starting point guards on their team. If things go poorly, I don't see Chris Paul not being an option. He could be floated around, and with his leadership and and also his defense, he could be in there. Um, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, both of them on Chicago, I think they could potentially be out depending on where Chicago goes. Um, so I agree. There are some big names that Miami could still get in this offseason, if not halfway through the season when things unfold. Yeah, that's that's when Pat does his big work. He, he gets them and he gives up nothing for them. I mean, the Heat never seem to have draft picks. I mean, they're the last decent draft pick they got out of market was a little kid called Dwayne Wade. And after that, they, they just don't have first and second picks. And, you know, the, they got a guy called Darrell Wright. I don't even know where he's playing now. They don't, they give away their picks to get big players. And and I think Riley always here says, you know, here's my first round pick. Let me see what I can have. And a team that's not going to win is, is going to want to rebuild and take them. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Miami Heat, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, they're, in my eyes, the leaders in the league of getting the most out of players you haven't heard of or players that probably should be retired. I mean, as you're saying, Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love came back. They're now role players. Last year in the playoffs, I think they went on a magical run a couple of players, but they had, what, like five undrafted players in their rotation doing Uh, amazingly. They have another undrafted player. They signed uh, Drew Peterson out of USC. I think he's going to develop into another one of those role players. You're right. Highsmith's going to establish himself. So where I'm disappointed in the Heat is I always want to see my team go for it, and it was the fact that it didn't do much for Damian Lillard. However, at the end of the day, I don't think the Heat have much to give for Damian Lillard. Um, Portland Trailblazers, I don't know why, but they really didn't value Tyler Hero that highly. And Miami only has two other movable draft picks, and that's not enough to get Damian Lillard. Um, So I would have wanted to see some kind of a big move happen there. So to say I'm happy that our big three is still Hero, Butler, and Adebayo, I mean, couldn't get it done last year, and the Bucks and Celtics have only gotten better this year. Um, but I'm not disappointed where the Heat have gone. I still think they're going to make moves uh, before the season, if not during the season, and then make a name for themselves in the playoffs yet again. I, I think you're so right, son. And, and and remember, you know, Pat Riley sometimes thinks about 2024 and 2025. And he's he's looking at what's going to become a free agent then and is just leaving cap space for it because Lillard would have filled up all the cap space he had. That's completely right. I mean, one of the moves like that that I think is now high-boshed is I was hearing rumors that, who knows, maybe Giannis is going to leave Milwaukee if they don't get another star. So that was one where not only was I disappointed to see Lillard get traded, but he went to the Bucks, which probably means Giannis is staying in Milwaukee for a while because I know there was a potential link to – granted, there was probably a potential link to Giannis in every team if you're a fan of that team. Um, but I know that Giannis could have potentially gone to Miami – but you're right. I mean, bigger names. Who knows? I'm not a huge fan of what I've seen so far, but Zion Williamson is coming up and he hasn't shown in Pelicans yet. Maybe um, that's the person that Pat Riley can go after. Uh, uh, Brandon Ingram is also on the Pelicans, but it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. That's for sure. Sure it is. So, you know, maybe I'm just too much of a Heat fan. I mean, I sidestep a story. I was a season ticket holder with my brother. We got a little fed up, gave up our season tickets, and 10 days after we gave up our season tickets, the Miami Heat signed Shaquille O'Neal. 
So, you know, we, we just gave them up at the wrong time. We we would have seen some great basketball in the last 15 years had we not given up those tickets for sure. Yeah, that's right on shore. Um, but I'm right there with you. I'm a heat hopeful. Um, again, as I said, I think they can make it all the way to the Eastern Conference, if not make it into the finals again, because they're that greedy team. You never count Jimmy Butler out, but he is one year older, and it eventually the wear and tear is going to go on him because he has had basically three straight seasons of carrying a team through playoffs. Sure, um, sure. Well, spring training started yesterday, and I hope our listeners will will you know hear about our heat. Um, and there are lots of great teams. Let, let, let's see what happens. But spring training has begun. They're running around the courts. They're getting fit. It can only be good. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to watch the basketball season um, and see where the Miami Heat can go. And here we are with the third and final segment of today's episode. It's switching up sports again, and it's going to be talking about the baseball playoffs which we are recording this, me and my father, on Tuesday, October 3rd, which is the day that the playoffs actually start. And MLB have made a a couple of changes to their season that I'm going to be getting into in another segment, actually, because I actually like all the changes that baseball has made to to increase viewership and, and, and add more excitement to the game, one of them being in the playoffs. So they've changed up the system a little bit with playoffs this year, for those that don't fully know, and it's now 12 teams that are making it, six from the AL, six from the NL. Um, and they've also changed it up with the wild card. If you're the home team during the wild card, you now play at home three times. So if you're on the road, you have to play on the road and win two at somebody else's stadium, which is only more challenging. I think that was very exciting because it made the end of the season, that playoff race a little bit more as well. Cause not only were you just fighting for the wild card spot, you wanted to get that top four seed so that you had the home advantage going into this wild card spot. And unfortunately, Dad, our Cubs just missed the cut. You know, start of the season, people saw the Cubs at the bottom of the NL Central. Near the trade deadline, they made a few great moves. But the last month of the season, three of our starting pitchers got hurt, and we just didn't have the depth. We missed it by one game. We were out of the National League by one game. And at the start of the year, nobody gave us a chance. So I think all things being said, Rossi and and the Cubs did well. They've got quite a few players that if they're fit for next year, you know, I think the Cubs are going to be a a great team. They, 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 They batted real well this year. Craig Bellinger, you know, batted over 310, I believe. He played first base. He played center field. He left the Dodgers. Everybody kind of wrote him off. There was talk three quarters of the way through the season that he was the MVP candidate. Had had the Cubs gone further, his name would probably still be there. So you, you have a leader in him. We got Swanson in, in a trade earlier on. We have Strowman, who... You know, was doing real well before he got hurt, missed the last quarter of the year. And and Steele, I mean, Steele ended up with, with a 16-5 and five record. And, you know, with a team that wasn't supposed to do well, if you go 16-5, and five, you've done well. So, yeah, it's disappointing. And congratulations to the other 12 teams who are there. And, and you know, the, the new format should make it very exciting. It starts today. 
And it, 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 you know, all things being equal, it's going to finish at the end of October. So, if, as I would say with Reggie Jackson, who's going to be Mr. October this year? Yeah, no, it was it was sad to see the Cubs get knocked out. And I, I hope that they don't become a seller. And some of the rumors that I've heard of Bellinger and those people leaving don't happen. I hope they, they keep what they have because they're just one or two pieces away from, from making noise again. But moving on to the teams that are in the playoffs, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves and the Baltimore Orioles. They were the prospective or respective winners in their division. So the Braves won the NL and the Orioles won the AL. Um, so they get the bye week going into the or not sure, bye week. They get the bye round going into the playoffs. They don't have to go into the wild card. But again, as the addition of another kind of two wild card teams, one on each side, the second seeds now also get a bye around. Um, so that's the LA Dodgers on the NL and the Houston Astros if the AL. Um, so again, the Orioles, Astros, Dodgers, and Braves all have those first round buys. Um, and I guess the first series that we'll kind of Talk about, I can't say I know a crazy amount because I didn't watch them too much, but my prediction on it is the, the Blue Jays and the Twins series. Um, I've got some friends and family that are huge Blue Jays fans, and I actually think they're they're going to sneakily pull off this upset and win two of those games on the road and, and take that wild card game. John, this is a no-brainer. The Jays will win the first two games. The Twins have lost 18 consecutive postseason games. So once the Twins get into the postseason, they just crumble. And Blue Jays, they're there. They're, they're a real team. They were one game out of being seeded ahead of the Twins. Yeah, Twins Twins will be out. They, they, they'll lose this thing in two games. Um, by the time Thursday comes, they, they, they will be deciding whether they go to Jamaica or Mexico <laughs> or Hawaii for their holidays. I don't know if they'll lose two in a row. I think they're going to lose the first, win the second, lose the third. But, yes, I think the Blue Jays are going to win that one. And I guess they're both in agreement there, so we can move on. Uh, other one, let's just finish out the AL, I guess. The fourth-seeded Tampa Bay Rays are going against the fifth-seeded Texas Rangers. And Texas and Houston were in huge battle for that AL, AL South, is it? Or AL South, or whatever it's called. AL East. No, AL Central. That's what it is. Um, and they both made huge moves getting two of the big pitchers from New York in Verlander and Scherzer. Uh, Scherzer, unfortunately, got injured. Um, but either way, I do think that Tampa Bay is such a complete team, and they're super hot right now that Tampa Bay is going to steamroll past Texas. I think they're winning both at home. Texas doesn't even take one. I, I, I agree with you. The Rays are going to win that series. I think the Rangers... You know, they've got a couple of injuries, but, you know, the Rays haven't got to the playoffs for a while. So I think they're going to be a little bit more hungry. So I, I think Blue Jays and Rays will go through from the wild card in the American League for sure. I agree with you. Yeah. So moving on to the NL side now, um, the six-seeded Arizona Diamondbacks are going into third-ranked Milwaukee Brewers who knocked out our Chicago Cubs. Um, I think the Brewers are a good enough team that they're also going to knock out the Diamondbacks. Um, if not a sweep, they're going to win in the three games. But I think Brewers are, are walking out of that series with a win. Yeah, the Brewers, both, you know, they're, they're, their entire pitching roster is too big. That pitching staff is unbelievable. They have Burns, they have Woodruff, that's, that's two guaranteed winners. And they have four or five guys that are going to set this thing up. Milwaukee's pitching is, is probably the best in the National League. If, if their batters could just bang in a few more runs, 
they, they would be huge contenders. They they were supposed to win the NL Central. They did. And they have probably the strongest arms going into this playoff. So, yeah, I agree with you. The Brewers will win. Yeah, that, that bullpen is unquestionable right now. Um, so moving on to the other series is the fourth-seeded Philadelphia Phillies against the fifth-seeded Miami Marlins. This one, I like Philadelphia a lot. Uh, I'm a huge Bryce Harper fan. I think they are a pretty complete team. Don't get me wrong. Miami is an exciting team, um, but I think Phillies walk away with this one. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Phillies are banged up, unfortunately, and they have a rookie starting game one. Who knows? But yeah, Bryce Harper, he's a winner. There's no question. Um, about about that, but I I have the Marlins as winning. They they have some some depth there. They have some guys that have come on strong at the right time, and ultimately it was the Marlins that bumped the Cubs out. So being the closest to Jamaica, I'm going to have to support the Marlins over over Philly for you for this unfortunate game. No, fair enough. I mean, I I could see Miami taking it. It's again, I just. I don't want to rule out Bryce Harper. He's he's got some magic in the playoffs. Um, but there you have it. Two upsets from my dad's side, but I only had the one upset and then three favorites going through. But I guess moving on from there, we're then going to see the Milwaukee Brewers going against the Dodgers. Dodgers win this one pretty easily in my eyes. I, I don't think it's a question on there. Dodgers are, are too good of a team. Yeah, they have Freeman and they have the Boston Red Sox to thank for, for letting Mookie Betts go. <laughs> Mookie Betts is going to end up being the MVP of the playoffs, in my opinion. I don't know how Red Sox let him go. Um, yeah, the Dodgers are, are are too strong for them, for sure. The Dodgers are definitely a story of the rich just get richer. They, they've dominated baseball for the past 10 years, and they just keep getting the best players. Yeah, that, that's so. I wonder what it would be like to support a team that's a perennial playoffs. Anyway, we'll see. The Cubs will get there eventually one day, I hope. Um, but Done. rounding out the NL, um, Braves walk away with that one. You had the Marlins, I have the Phillies. I don't think it matters. Braves are winning that series regardless of who moves through, and then they go. Yeah, they won over hundred games. Acuna is is probably the the the, the star of their team. Um, Acuna is my playoff MVP prediction. No, let's see, let's see, let's see what happens there. Um, I know they're going to be in the playoffs. I, I the, the the Houston team, they're so consistent. They've been in the playoffs six of the last seven years. They they have won, and and one can't underestimate how how Houston are going to do. What do you think? No, I agree. I I, I have Houston beating the Blue Jays in the next round. Uh, as much as I want to hate Houston because of their cheating scandals, and I don't like teams that are cheaters, I don't want to hold too much against them because. I'm sure a lot of that staff and a lot of those players have moved on. And um, Houston is is still good, cheating or not. They they deserve to be in it this year. Um, and I think they're going to beat the Blue Jays and, and move on because that experience, the pitching staff, the bats, um, they, they've got it all going for Houston for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. They're, they're awesome. But, you know, my surprise team, the surprise team, were the Orioles? I mean, they, they didn't they make a management change at the start of the season? Yes, I think they did. I can't remember the name of it now, but yes, they made a management change, and the Orioles have definitely shocked me. If I was to put my money on it, Orioles would have finished fifth in their division, maybe fourth ahead of Boston. Um, but to finish first, and not only that, first in the entire AL, um, was a huge shock. However, I actually have Tampa Bay 
beating them in that second round. Yeah, um, I, again, I think Tampa Bay is too complete of a team, and I don't think Baltimore has the pitching staff right now to to make it through. They have won a hundred over a hundred games. You a team that wins over a hundred games is is going to be a hard one to beat over seven for sure. Or or I I, I actually see the the Orioles playing against the the Dodgers in in the, in the World Series, and and I, I do unfortunately see. The Dodgers winning as much as I'd love to see the O's win. Fair enough. I guess that's where we change because I have, again, Tampa Bay beating the Orioles and then I have Tampa Bay beating Houston to play in the World Series against the Braves. And I actually have the Braves winning. Um, I believe, what, they had nine or ten different players on their team all have double-digit home runs. There's not a single person on that team you can't take a pitch off. Um, the pitching staff is a little banged up, I'd say, but I, I think they're still good enough. And and with that offensive power, you only need so much pitching. And and I do think the Braves are ultimately going to walk away with it all with Acuna being the MVP. You know, you just have a soft spot for Tampa. Having just gone to Tampa to watch your Eagles win, you feel sorry for the city and you're you're trying to give them a chance. Uh, I might be doing that, but I, I also do think Tampa is a good, young, complete team. But you are right. Um we were in Tampa last weekend, and it was it was really fun to watch it all. Um, but again, go Braves. Well, go Cubs, but right now, go Braves. Well, we, we'll see what the Dodgers do at the end of the season. It really has been great talking to you, John. And, you know, I, I, I'm available to come and join you at any time. There are a few topics that I may not be able to speak to you about. I don't quite know what ice hockey is. Um, all I do know is that, you know, I went to one game in Chicago and they stand up and cheer for the national anthem. So I don't quite know what happens after that. Yeah, I'm not the biggest hockey expert either, but I live in Canada and I probably should become an expert soon. Um, but no, thank you so much for coming out, Dad. It's it's taken way too long for me to get you on here. And I'm uh, really looking forward to the next few episodes that you can be on. I'm always available. And remember your little sister, she's pretty keen and to talk about her, 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 her Formula One experience. Who abided the team? Who knows what Andretti will bring? Yeah, no, that's a, uh, a spoiler for some of the fans listening. One of the next few episodes is definitely going to have my dad again and my sister um, talking about Formula One. So, again, thank you very much for coming out. And this marks the end of another episode. Again, thank you very much for listening. I had a lot of fun with today's episode. Recording with my dad has been... A dream of mine since before this dream even came true. It was one where when I thought about doing a podcast, I knew I was going to have my dad on. He's where I get the absolute passion for sports. Um, so it was so fun being able to just sit down and talk with him um, about what we both love. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Um, yeah, I, I want to mix it up and get a couple of people on. But who knows, maybe I'll have a couple of people that are eventually going to be mainstays. Either way, thank you very much for listening to another episode, and I'll see you guys next week. As always, Hakuna Matata.